teaching today. So Theresa told me last week, why were you shouting so loud? I'm like, I didn't know I was shouting, but when I'm excited about something, you will know. So I'm going to try and kind of pull it back a little bit this week and teach, okay? So last week we talked about soul winning, the mandate. That's the responsibility of every Christian, every believer. That's what we started with. And the question was, why, why, why? I mean, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. Why do I need to bother myself? And we talked about the value of a soul to God, that one soul is worth more than every riches, every wealth, everything you can ask for in this world. One soul in the sight of God is is, is worth more of that. And then we talked about the fact that God called it our ministry and our calling, that when he called you, he reconciled you to himself. And once he did that, he now gave you the same ministry to now go and reconcile others to him. Amen? And then we talked about the fact that as a believer, once you are saved, you are supposed to bear fruit. You are supposed to, just like somebody led you to the Lord, you are supposed also to lead somebody else to the Lord. And the question is, since you were saved, how many people have you led to the Lord? So that was the big question last week. I hope you all thought about that. And then we also talked about the fact that there is such an urgency in the times that we live in. You see things happening that even like five years ago, ten years ago, you didn't see it happen. And you're wondering, where is this world going to? When our children start to have children, if Jesus tarries, when those ones start to have children, what is going to be happening? And so the urgency for us to make sure we are bringing people in, depopulating hell... And introducing them to Jesus. We know. I, I mean, I know the peace and the joy and the fulfillment I have in my life. And I know it was given to me when I met Jesus. And so when I, can, when I have that, why would I want to keep that to myself? And so we talked about that. And actually I showed you, I was talking to Pat this morning. She was telling me how easy it was for her to talk to a lady and a guy yesterday all through the week. Just telling her, how can I pray for you? The Lord sent me to bless you. What can I do for you? How can I bless you today? Nobody refuses that. It's so easy to minister and to witness to people and tell them about Jesus. Pray with them and then tell them, do you know Jesus? Have you met Jesus? Ask them to receive Jesus. As simple as that. And so I I wanted to start today on the rewards. Why is God telling you? The thing is God says, I do not tell you to serve me in vain. Anything you do for the Lord, God will reward you for it. Do we do what we do for the reward? Yes and no. As a child, child, you know if you want your parents to really give you some good gifts, you obey and do what they ask you to do. And you also do it because of the love you have for your parents, to make them proud of you. So we do the things we do for the Lord for those two reasons. For the fact that we love Him so much. And also for the fact that we want to get some goodies from Him. So we do these things and we bring people the joy it brings to the Lord. The Bible says there is much rejoicing in the midst of the angels in heaven when one soul is led to the Lord. I want to put joy in heaven every day. I want to make sure there's joy in heaven every day because of what I've done. For God to call my name every day. Amen? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10, it says, For we must 
all appear, every one of us here, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That each of us, each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. The youngest person among us here, probably in middle or high school, if I ask them, what is next? Oh, I will finish high school, go to college. Okay, after that, what? Oh, get a very good job. Okay, after that, what? Okay, get married. After that, what? Have children. After that, what? Uh, maybe work a lot of years and then retire. After that, what? Uh, okay, maybe uh, get old. After that, what? Nobody wants to think of it that Jesus tarries. All of us here have an appointment to keep. That appointment, you're not going to miss it. That appointment, you're not going to go too early. You're not going to go too late. We all, one day, we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And these things are things we need to be letting believers know. That the entry level of Christianity is self-sacrifice. You cannot be a Christian and you're not willing to sacrifice anything. It's not all about comfort. Salvation is free. You don't have to do anything to earn it. Jesus himself took off divinity, took off his omniscience, took off his omnipotence, put off everything. You think about it. Took it all off and came and stepped into a murky, depraved world just to make sure you and I don't go to hell. And then we must be willing to sacrifice something. Sacrifice our time, sacrifice our effort, our finances, our gifts. Sacrifice something also for the Lord. To let him know, first of all, that you are grateful for what he did for you. Because you know where he pulled you from. And you know there are millions of people in that same position. He's just being grateful. Daniel chapter 7 verse 10 says, A river of fire was flowing from in front of him. Many thousands of angels were serving him, and millions of angels stood before him. Court was ready to begin. That court date, we are all going to keep it. Court was ready to begin, and the books were opened. Not one. Books. Revelation chapter 20, 11 to 13. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face... The earth and the heaven fled away. So all this noise, you see all these people say crazy stuff. When they stand before the Lord, they are going to flee. And there was found no place for them. You can't hide. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books, again, books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. I'm going to break this down. I'm going to teach today. Because in prayer yesterday, on, on Friday, I'm, there's some things that came up. I said, you know what? I'm going to take my time so that we can understand the reward system of God. I said, the book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works. The dead. The dead were judged according to their works by the things that were written in the book. Both believers and unbelievers. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up, up the dead who were in it in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. 
So the book, the first book that the Bible says will be open is the book of life. The book of life is the one that everybody will go through. In that book of life is to find out if your name is written there. That is the entry level. If you are saved, your name is written there, yes, you will, go, you will make it to the other side where he will separate the sheep from the goats. So that's the first book. Let me show you. That was in Revelation 20, verse 12b. It says, And I saw the dead and small and great standing before God, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. That's the first one. Philippians 4, 3 says, I urge you, true companion, help those women who labored with me in the gospel, and Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Revelations chapter 3 verse 5. I will go through a lot of scriptures today. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. I wanted to bring something out of here. It says I will not blot out his name. That means there are some people that their names will be blotted out. There are some people, their names were written there one time, and they backslided, and they didn't live righteous lives, and their names will be blotted out. So, once saved is not always saved. That's the scripture I use. You don't blot something out that you didn't write before. You blot something out that was written at one time, and now is nauseating you, you blot it out, you don't want to see it again. So there are some Christians who get saved. They don't follow the Lord. They are not going to make it to heaven. Once saved is not always saved. Hear me and hear me good. The second book that will be opened is the book of deeds. Revelation 20 verse 12a says, And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books, books were reopened. Malachi 3.16, those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was opened and written before him for those who feared the Lord and who meditate on his name. So a book of remembrance is the book of deeds where God records everything you do as a Christian for him. And some people will have one page in that book, where some others will have books. It's our decision on our own life here to decide which one we want. Yeah, the book of life, your name will be there. But what are you going to show before him? What are you going to present before him? Psalm 56 verse 8. You have seen me tossing and turning through the night. You have collected all my tears and preserved them in your bottle. You have recorded every one of them in your book. If God records your tears that you cry, you, and people be, don't make, when I was reading that, I said, anyone who makes the child of God cry, you are in trouble. If you make the child of God cry, you better go ask God to forgive you. Because when God is collecting that tears, you know how precious the tears are when the child of God is crying because of what somebody did. He collects every one of them. And he records why you're crying every single tear. That's how much God loves us. The gospel is supposed to cost us something. This idea of 
you know, you go to some other countries and you, and you see how people are on fire for the Lord. People will walk five, six miles to come to church. In the heat, there's no air conditioning, there are no fans. They will come to church rejoicing. And people can't get out of bed to come to church. And because there are types of Christians also, there are types of rewards. First of all, remember one time I preached, I, I, I showed you all about how to know if you are easily offended or not. Now I'm going to also show you four types of Christians. We are all going to grade ourselves today. You are going to do it yourself on the inside of you. The first kind of Christian is a nominal Christian. Casual Christian. Yeah, they receive the Lord. Occasionally they will pray. Occasionally they will pick up their Bible. But there's no change at all in their life. They still do the things they've done, always done. They still live in sin like they've always done. They might come to church on Easter Sunday and maybe on Christmas or special occasion. But that's where it ends. Yeah, their name would be in the book of life if they repented, if, they, if it's not blotted out. Then the second Christian is the Sunday Christian. These ones who come to church every Sunday, at least most Sundays. They will post everything. They will post in social media. There are things that they will post about God. But they are not doing anything in the church. They don't give offering. They don't tithe. They just come to church, enjoy it, go home till next Sunday. They don't sacrifice. They don't do nothing for the Lord. They don't inconvenience themselves for anybody, not for God. Those are Sunday Christians. They will read their Bible. They will pray. But that's where it ends. Everything that discomforts them, no. Those are the ones that will pray. They come and pray, call pastor when the fire is on the mountain. They will fast and pray. And then once God answers them, they go back again. Those are the Christians that are Sunday, Sunday Christians. They are the comfort Christians. It has to be comfortable for me. Then number three Christians are committed Christians. These have all the qualities of the Sunday Christians, but they are committed. These are the ones that pay their tithe. These are the ones that give offering. These are the ones that, that any ministry that wants to be done, they are willing to, to put their time and their effort. They volunteer. They are willing to give everything for the Lord. You say, yeah, yeah, good. But these are the ones that in the restaurant, you will see them pray over their food because they don't, they don't want anybody to know, you know. I'm, I don't want to be fanatic. These ones are the ones that maybe their neighbors or their co-workers don't even know they are Christians. They are committed, but they are ashamed to, pro- pro- to proclaim Jesus in the public. And then you have some like us. The radical, crazy ones. The ones that don't care. If you say, I'm crazy, I'm crazy. I'm fanatical. If you move, you're a human being, I'm telling you about Jesus. No matter what the enemy does, I'm coming to church. Three weeks after my husband died, I was here being ordained as the pastor. I said, God, my pain, Satan will pay. Ah, and he's paying, you know. He's paying big time. I'm, if you see what God is doing, eh? I'm not telling everybody yet because I want it to be cooked and ready so that when I prepare it for you guys, when I come here and tell you what God is doing, people that I don't know, I don't know them in the UK, in different countries, wanting to do this, to do that, to do that, to do that. 
I told them, uh, I wrote something to, to Kathy. I said, please pray because I know I have discernment, but God is really, the word that has always been coming, Sister Grace, is he wants me to really make sure my discernment level is like high up there. Because so many people are coming, wanting to help, wanting to do this, do that. And I'm just like, until God, you know what I told you all? If it has to be what? I told you all it has to be clear as water. Anything I do, if it's not as clear as this, no matter how attractive it is, I'm not doing it. Because I know the responsibility I have over every one of you here as a shepherd here. So all the things coming, but wait, very soon. We are the crazy ones for the Lord. We are the ones ready to do anything for the kingdom. We are the ones ready to sacrifice even our lives for the kingdom of God. We don't care about comfort. We don't care about the money. If God says, clean out your account today, I will write a check and clean that whole thing out. So because of that, there are reward systems in heaven also graded the same way. The heaven talks, Bible talks about crowns in heaven. How many of you have ever read about the crowns in heaven? That know about the crowns in heaven. There are five crowns. Now, I don't know if there are like real crowns that we see. If it's the God I know, he won't do something. He's always doing something new. So I know those are going to be some kind of crowns that when you see it, you are going to look at it and say, for me, and you have, you can win, you can get as many. There are five of them, you can get all of them. You can choose not to get anyone. You will still make it to heaven. I don't know how it's going to be if you see me wearing all my five crowns and you don't have any. That's why we are preaching this message. That's why we are preaching this message today. The reward system. Let me go straight to the crowns because I don't have too much time. Teresa, let's go straight to the crown. The first crown is the crown of life. The crown of life. James chapter 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life. So temptation is good for you to overcome temptation. Any temptation to seeing that you overcome, you win a crown for it. So crown of life. The second crown, let, let me give you another scripture. Revelations 2 chapter 10, it says, Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation ten days. But be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. One day I'm going to teach on, the, you can see the different things that will make you get that crown. Faithfulness, tribulation, endurance. When things happen, if you're able to endure, there's a crown for that. If you overcome, there's a crown for that. If you're faithful, there's a crown for that. Then the crown of righteousness. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 8. It says, finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which, is, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give you on that day. But not to me only but also all of those who love his appearing. So those of us that are looking expectantly for Jesus to break that scar and come back, those of us who are living righteously because we know he's coming back, we have that in our mind, and so we do things right because we know he's coming back again. For living that way, there's a crown. There's a reward for that. Then the crown of glory. 
First Peter chapter 5 verse 4 says, And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. This is promised to people who shepherd people. If you have a group of people as a pastor, as, as a, a minister, you are taking care of people. The chief shepherd, when he comes, he has a crown for you for shepherding people and doing it right. So if you have a position in the ministry, in the church that God has given you, you are a prophet, you are an evangelist, you are a teacher, you are a pastor. If you have that, take it seriously. Because there's a crown for those people who do that work and do it well. The crown of glory. Then the incorruptible, incorruptible crown is in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 26. He says, do you not know that all those who run in a race run? But one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Run endurance. Keep at it. When you fall down, you get up again. When the devil attacks you, things happen, you get up again. He says, everyone who strives for the prize exercises self-control in all things. You are not the one who is quick to gossip. You are not the one who is quick to be offended. You are not the one who is quick to tear people down. The Bible says you have self-control in all things. And say so you are doing it to obtain. They do it, those that run in the race, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we do what we do. Put ourselves, our flesh under subjection. Endure, live a good life for an incorruptible, incorruptible crown. So therefore I run, not with uncertainty, so I fight. Not as one who beats the air. There's so many things there. One day I'm going to have to do this so we can really pull some things out of these scriptures. So discipline, self-control, perseverance, refusing to let go. Your face is set like a flint. That's a crown for that. And then the last one is the one, the soul winners. Those that evangelize, that inconvenience themselves to go to people, go to other nations, go to the other people's houses, to the store. In the, everywhere they go, they are talking about Christ. It's called the crown of rejoicing. First Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 9. He said, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? He says, is it, is it not even you, you, you? In the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his, as his coming. That means when I bring you, when I bring Randy and anyone that's here because of, the, of my witnessing, when I get to heaven that day, I'm going to say because of him, Lord, I brought him to you. Lord, I brought him to you. Oh, this person heard me preach and they gave their life to the Lord. Lord, I spoke to this person. He says, you know, because of you in the presence of the Lord that the Lord will give me that crown. You see why it's important that we must not live a Christian life of just comfort. And, or just, oh, some people say, oh, it's okay. I just want to go to heaven. That's all. But uh-uh. you want to win something. You want to get something, some reward. It, there's nothing in this life after all. I told you all, I, yeah, I, was, I wasn't even looking for, I wasn't looking for a contract. I got a call from the president of Molina. Asking me, we, we, we want you to do this contract for us. I didn't ask for it. I didn't ask for it. But the Bible says, seek ye first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. It says all these other things that the heathen are fighting, are 
killing each other for. He says, I'll give it to you. I will just give it to you as a gift. Why don't you try God? Why don't you put him first? Forget about it. Money will come after you. If you are chasing money, the more you chase that money, the more, the more that money will run from you. I watched something that was so funny. I laughed so hard. It was on, on social media. This guy was, he was, they put money in front and he's money. And he's trying to run after this money. The more he runs, the more the money runs. The more he tries to catch up, the more that money escapes from him. I say, you see? Once it, yeah, once you put God first, guess what? That money will stop and God will make it turn and it will surround you. It will baptize you. You will never recover from it. Thank you, brother. I'm telling you, so we need to, we need to, we need to put the first things first. Priority. And the funniest thing is the fulfillment and the joy and the peace you have when you put God first. You sleep well. You look good. You know, why can't we just, you know, try it? So you are doing good here. I will talk about the rewards here too. You are doing good here. You are building up something in heaven where there's no rust, where no moth will destroy. You are putting, ah, try my God and see what he will do for you. Try my God. Try my God. Do I say I don't have problems? Oh, no. I have, believe me, one after the other. But I know I've put my whole life in his hands. I know that with him, I'm safe. I know that with him, I'm complete. Somebody told me, Angela, will you ever marry again? I said, that's not even an issue. I'm complete in my God. With or without a man, I am complete. I am satisfied. I am whole. If I can only just follow what is here and teach it to people and lead people to know him the way I know him, my life is fulfilled. That is what God wants us to do. That's how he wants all of us to live. Don't let your troubles pull you away from God. Let your troubles pull you closer to him. Let your troubles make you bind yourself to him. Those are heavenly rewards. Let's talk about earthly rewards in four minutes. Number one is joy. Luke 15 Verse 10 says, likewise I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Do you think you are giving joy in heaven and joy will not flood your life? You think people are rejoicing and joyful in heaven and you will be sad? If you lead a soul to the Lord, the joy that fills your heart, even as they are saying that prayer, there is nothing, there is no high like that. If you lead a soul to the Lord, the joy you even feel. Knowing that there's so much joy in heaven. Number two is answered prayer. John verse, uh, chapter 15 verse 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That, the reason I tell you to do all of that is, that's what that means, because that, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. So do you have prayers that have not been answered? He's giving you the answer right there. How to get your prayers answered. Amen. 
is to go out and bear fruit. Go out and lead people to the Lord. As you are taking care of God's business, guess what? God will be taking care of your business. As you are answering his prayers for more souls, for people not to perish, but to have everlasting life, as God has a prayer. God has a prayer. So when you are praying to him, ask him, God, what is your prayer first? The prayer of God is one prayer. Lead people into my kingdom. When you answer that his prayer, there's no pr- before you, the Bible says even before you say it, he will answer you. As you are thinking of it, God will answer you. To make sure nothing distracts you from doing what he's called you to do. Your prayers will be answered. Amen. Amen. Number three, supernatural supplies. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. But more than anything else, put God's work first. First, not second, not third, not fourth, fifth. First, and do what he wants. Then all that things will be yours as well. Number four, signs and wonders. Mark chapter 16 verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord walking with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. Let me pray for you. Your leg is broken in Jesus' name. Walk on that leg. And they do that and they're like, oh my God. You don't do that sitting down in the church. You have a headache. Let me pray for you. And you're doing, oh my God, this headache, this migraine is gone. That follows you when you go out and witness and tell people about Jesus. This church, we never stop talking about this. We will preach encouraging messages to lift you up, to establish you in the faith. But once that is done, you see the sign? When you're coming in, you're coming to be filled. When you leave, you're going to pour everything out so that when you come back, you have more room to pour in. Some of us, are so, we've just been pouring in and pouring it. Pour it out. Give it to somebody. Give it to somebody. Hallelujah. Finally, signs and wonders. That's not all. I still have two more, but give me one minute. Mark chapter 16, verse 20. But we already did that. 104th company, number 5. Mark chapter 10, verses 28 to 29. So Jesus answered and said, I shortly I say to you, there is no one, no one, no one, no one who has left house. If you leave your house to go witness, no one who has left brothers, who has left sisters, who has left father, who has left mother, who has left wife or children. He was talking about this when his, his apostles were asking him. You are not Peter was married. He left his wife to go follow Jesus to win souls. And so Jesus is telling him, no one who leaves anything. Who leaves any comfort for my sake? That will not receive a hundredfold now. That's the word there. Now. A hundredfold now. So when you witness, you become a part of the hundredfold company. You become one that things just follow you. You are not the one running after things. Blessings follow you. Your children do well. Your job does well. Your, everything around you is doing well. Yeah, with persecution. But you rise above everyone. You scale over everything that the enemy throws at you. You become a hundredfold Christian. But only if you are willing to inconvenience yourself and speak to somebody about Jesus. Amen? And then finally, number six, eternal impact. Eternal impact. This is the scripture that is on my husband's picture. Right there in the hallway. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3. It says, those who are wise... We shine as bright as the sky. And those who lead many.
to righteousness we shine like stars forevermore. Those who lead many to righteousness we shine like stars forevermore. You may not be here physically if Jesus tarries, but we know where you are. You're shining. You're continually shining and it will not be just for in the night or in the day. You are going to be shining forever because you led one soul to righteousness. Do you all see how important this is? This is that's why Jesus says, said in Matthew 28, it says, Go ye therefore. And go is an active word. It means do something. And that is my heart. That is this church. That is our desire. That as we launch Taft Reach on the 26th of this month, that Saturday, when Mike Murray begins to train people to go out, to knock on people's doors, we have the twins, EJ and AK, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, now they post something, a clip of me preaching and we're trying to keep it where he's talking about Jesus because it's all about Jesus. It's not about a denomination. It's not about anything else. It has to be about Jesus. The coming of our Lord Jesus has to be burning on all our hearts. We must all be willing to do something because the time is short. We don't have much time anymore. We have to be willing to inconvenience ourselves. Forget about you. Forget about you. The needs will always be there. That's what the enemy does to keep us always. He brings one problem, one problem after another, and you just keep trying to solve problems. And people are dying and going to hell. You take care of God's problem, and God will take care of your problem. Do you all hear me? That's why I'm screaming again, Teresa. You know me. I'm passionate about this. We cannot afford to be at ease in Zion. We are fed. We have a house. We get in the car. Some of us more than one car. We do all of that. God has blessed you. All of us sitting here, you are the top 1% in the world in area of your needs being met. Number 1%. And yet we are still saying we don't have enough. 90% of our prayer, God bless me. Give me more money. Give me a car. Give me a house. Give me clothes. Give me this. When is it enough? When is it enough? We all have a lot of work to do. And God will help us. And that's what we're bringing this message is not to make anybody feel condemned, but the Holy Spirit convicts. Some scriptures, I mean, the, the Holy Spirit has duties to do is to convict you. And I hope that's what's happening today. Next week, I'm going to bring a good message of encouragement. But today, let the Holy Spirit convict all of us. Stand on your feet, stand to your feet, stand to your feet. You know I love you guys. I love you. I will tell you the truth always. I love you because I want all of us to be in heaven together. When I'm getting my five crowns, I want to look at you, sister, and I'll say, Oh, I got my crowns. You got yours too. We'll be rejoicing together. I don't want to get all my five crowns and I'm, I'm looking at you. You're like hiding in one corner because you don't have anything to show. Uh-uh. Not if you under me in this church. We're all going to get our crowns. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Oh, it's wonderful to serve God with everything, I'm telling you. There is no joy like serving God. There is no peace like knowing the Lord. There is nothing that compares to knowing Jesus. And I want all of us to go in full force. Amen? Raise your hands to him as we tell him, Lord, we are here for you. Come and do what you do. We sacrifice to you. We surrender to you. Come and do what you do best. Lord, circumcise our hearts today. Let us burn. Let us burn for you, my God. Let everything of the kingdom be what moves us to do everything we do. Crucify our flesh. Crucify our flesh. Light our spirit man to want to do all that we can for the kingdom. And we give you all the praise. And we give you all the glory. And the people of God said, Amen. I want the prayer partners. Please come out here. All the prayer partners. Adam and Randy come out here too.